From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today's episode is about trauma. Let's dive into trauma. What is trauma? How do we hold on to it? And how can we heal ourselves and get past a part of us that is stuck in the past? And later in this episode, I want to guide you through a healing exercise that'll help you break yourself away from the past and to confront something that you really don't want to confront, but it's important that you do so that you can heal yourself. But before I get into this episode, you guys found last week's Q&A to be extremely useful. And Ava Miller left a YouTube comment saying, your topics, but mostly your voice calms me every time. Thank you, Ava, for your comment. Ray Lynn, who also posted on YouTube, but is also a returning commenter, I guess you can say, says, really insightful episode. I'm so glad you touched on morning anxiety. This is something that is currently a challenge for me right now. Listening to the podcast helps me calm down. That's something I did when I used to suffer from health anxiety. I used to break my patterns, especially in the mornings when I would wake up with extreme health anxiety. I'd put on podcasts and videos of my mentors who talked about anxiety, who spoke about the tools necessary to overcome it rather than coping strategies. It's about the tools. It's what you can do now so that the future you can thrive. So thank you for your comments. This episode is about, again, trauma. And I want to start off by talking about what is trauma exactly. It's a situation that causes your negative emotions to break past your emotional threshold, your tolerance level, a situation you weren't sure how to handle or how to respond to it and you had no control over it it was so novel to you you couldn't put it in a box and you couldn't believe that it happened to you of all people it happened to you a big trauma for people is coming into contact with someone who is purposefully trying to destroy them, who is full of malevolence. And those people, they have a hard time understanding why a person could do that, or it could be the malevolence in your heart. They betrayed you. Right? They betrayed you and it just threw you for a loop. But also, recognizing the malevolence in yourself, seeing yourself do something that you 
you just couldn't believe that you did. You betrayed someone. You cheated on someone. You lied to someone. You hurt someone physically. You couldn't believe it. And that sends people into PTSD. They just can't look at themselves in the mirror because of what they did. When the situation pushes, breaks past your emotional threshold, it leaves a mark. It leaves a scar, a gif. You know those three to five second clips that you see on messages or, yeah, I think it's Facebook messages that they're like three seconds long and they repeat and they repeat and repeat. That's a gif. It's like the trauma left this mark, a gif, of the height of the trauma in your mind that's repeating and repeating over and over again. Or it could be an image. Some people see it as an image. Some people see it as like a three to five second clip, gif sort of thing. And this little movie that replays, it sticks with you. So the question is, why? Because you encountered something you don't understand. Novelty. The unknown. And the amygdala, the fight, flight, or freeze response, our anxiety response, our fear response, it wants to do its best to make it known. But also to prevent you from encountering this threat again in the future. That's crucial. That's how your amygdala treated the situation. So the situation came about, you experienced high um, negative emotion. It was traumatizing to you. You went into the fear response. And in that moment, when novelty comes up, you don't know where you are. So what happens when you don't know where you are? You freeze. You stop immediately. You stop whatever it is you're doing. And basically, what your amygdala is saying, what's going on inside your unconscious mind is, I don't know where I am. I had a map of the world. Something came up. Some novelty came up. And blew apart that map. So what happens when it blows apart your map? You immediately freeze. You stop where you are. And that's what prey animals do. Is that when they see a predatory animal, what happens? They stop. Because they might not see me. Right? They might not see me. So whether this situation was embarrassing frightening or disturbing we hold on to these three second movie clips or images because our unconscious mind wants to make it known it holds on to it because it wants to make it known and it doesn't want to fall into this pit again or doesn't want to encounter this predatory thing again in the future but in other words, it's trying to resolve it. How can we not 
fall into the same pit again? How can we not encounter this situation again in the future? So many of us walk around with a closet full of unresolved baggage that any new anomaly, any new strange occurrence will send that person into an emotional fit. You see these people all the time. They're lugging around so much baggage that anything new, any, any novel thing that happens to them in the, during the day, it sends them into this fit of anger and they just lose it. Too much novelty will drive these people into those extreme fits. Now, we then either repress them or suppress them, right? Repressing a, a, a traumatic moment means, repressing it means that we unconsciously move it and push it down into our unconscious mind. Usually people who encounter real malevolence push it down. Also highly high extreme traumatic moments, abuse, especially when you're a kid, those people repress it unconsciously, but also suppression what that means is that you are aware of it, so you're replaying the GIF in your mind, but then you consciously block it out and ignore it, right? But also, I think it's unconscious in a way because we're not taught how to deal with those memories and those traumatic moments, and have not having the, the tools to deal with those moments we just say okay i don't know what to do with this so i'm just going to block it and go about my day a part of them or many parts of of people who are dealing with a lot of traumatic moments they are stuck in the past there are many parts of the, those people who are stuck in the past and keep reliving them day after day because what happens is when you bring up that gift you're reliving the same emotions by revisiting that because your brain doesn't know the difference your unconscious doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined you're reliving the same emotions even though it's just this little movie playing in your head holding on to situations that are influencing your current state of being is going to impact your life in many, many negative ways. Maybe you believe you aren't good enough because your dad or mom told you you weren't good enough and got into an argument with you when you were eight years old. Or maybe you learned to shut down your emotions because you saw your parents fighting and you felt helpless and useless and full of fear perhaps you betrayed someone you cared about and now you're stuck in chaos unable to comprehend why you ever did that thing 
you can't look at yourself in the mirror. You have little self-respect for yourself. So holding on to these situations, they are influencing your current state, your current lifestyle, your mental health, your mindfulness, your present moment. To heal from a part of the past that you keep on repeating in your mind, you must go back and examine what exactly happened back there. What happened in that moment? Maybe it wasn't your fault and you put all that weight onto yourself. You were five years old when it happened. You didn't know any better. You were a sponge at that age. Maybe you were 10 years old still, very young. When you get older, it's your responsibility to resolve the past. So you have to revisit the past and break it down. The unconscious is holding on to this unknown thing that you haven't fully comprehended. And one of the best ways to resolve something in the past that a traumatic moment is write it down, write about what happened. So get a piece of paper, sit with yourself somewhere quiet, take 20 minutes or so, and go back to the height of the trauma and describe it to yourself on paper. So just write it out. You don't have to worry about grammar and spelling. What you do is just write out how you feel. Go back to the height of the trauma and describe what happened. What would you have done differently if you can go back and go through that situation again? What would you have done differently? What would you do now so that it doesn't happen again? Now, I want to read you a passage from Bessel van der Kolk's book, amazing book, The Body Keeps the Score. And in this passage, he's describing trauma. And I just, I just had to read it. It's just really powerful. The reason people become overwhelmed by telling their stories and the reason they have cognitive flashbacks is that their brains have changed. As Freud and Brower observed, trauma does not simply act as a releasing agent for symptoms. Rather, the physical trauma, or more precisely the memory of the trauma, acts like a foreign body which long after its entry must continue to be regarded as an agent that is still at work. Like a splinter that causes an infection, it is the body's response to the foreign object that becomes the problem more than the object itself. Being constantly assaulted by, but consciously cut off from the origin of bodily sensations produces alexithemia, not being able to sense and communicate what is going on with you. Only by getting in touch with your body, by connecting viscerally with yourself, can you regain a sense of 
who you are, your priorities and values. Alexithemia, disassociation, and shutdown all involve the brain structures that enable us to focus, know what we feel, and take action to protect ourselves. When these essential structures are subjected to inescapable shock, the result may be confusion and agitation, or maybe emotional detachment, often accompanied by out-of-body experiences, the feeling you're watching yourself from far away. In other words, trauma makes people feel like either somebody else or like no body. In order to overcome trauma, you, you need to help get back in touch with your body, with yourself. Very powerful. And I get that from meditation. And that's why meditation is so useful. It helps people be more comfortable, especially those who are going through anxiety and trauma to be more comfortable with their feelings and thus connecting more with themselves. And you see the connection between coping strategies and a lack of communication with themselves or a lack of comfort and no sense of safety within themselves. And when you start to do things like meditation and avoiding reassurance seeking, Googling your symptoms, or being in front of social media or TV all day, what happens is you start to gain a better sense of yourself and the feelings within you, the sensations that you experience, your thought patterns. And the more you are in those situations with yourself, the more stronger mentally you become. You're strengthening your mind when you do that. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode on trauma. Now, I want to get into this brief, I think it'll be 10-minute meditation on trauma and going revisiting a part of your past that has experienced trauma. Now, I want you to make sure that this trauma isn't well, didn't happen in the past year so that you don't re-traumatize yourself. So we're going to go back to earlier years in your life and revisit that experience. So in a comfortable place, I want you to sit upright in a chair or on the floor. And I want you to close your eyes and let's do some quick uh, breathing right now. So breathe in through the nose. Belly rise, expanding, full of air, and then breathe out through the nose. But a longer exhale. We'll do it a couple more times. Breathe in. And exhale. And on this last one, I want you to imagine healing light entering your body. Hmm. Now, I want you to 
bring about an image of a place that makes you feel safe. For me, it's usually a part in the woods that makes me feel safe. But it could be your favorite place in the coffee shop, your favorite table in the coffee shop. It could be at a friend's house, wherever it is. Bring about this safe space now in your mind's eye. And I want you to bring about the image of yourself from the past. Maybe it's of you that's 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old. Bring about a time in your life where you felt extreme panic, anxiety, or emotional discomfort. And I want you to bring this person out onto this stage that's in front of you, into this environment that you feel safe in. And I want you to see them standing there in front of you. And I want you now to imagine this younger you to talk about and express the traumatic moment right now. So I want this younger you to express and relive the height of the trauma they experienced back to you. And as they're doing this, I want you to feel the emotions as well because emotions is key to healing. We have to confront these emotions. We have to experience them and accept them. So I want to give you a moment and imagine this younger you talking about what happened to them. What happened at the height of the trauma? And let them go over it to you. Whether they cry or get angry, let all those emotions come up and let them come up in yourself as you watch this younger you. Let the emotions flow. And I want you to walk up to this younger you. I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to say to them, it's okay. You will be releasing this baggage now. And I want you to imagine a tube, like a vacuum tube, coming from the top of the screen, top, from the top of the sky, coming into view and sucking up all the negative energy that has accumulated in that younger you that was a result from the trauma. Sucking it up, feeling the release of all that baggage. And I want you to say to them, if you were to go back and change what happened in the event, what would you do instead? What would you see instead? How would you react instead? And let that younger you describe it to you. What would they do instead 
if they could go back and change what happened. Maybe they would have responded in a different way. Would they be more confident? Safe? Describe it to yourself. And then I want you to give them a hug. Give them a hug and give them any advice. What advice would you give that younger you now? Now that you're older, now that you are going through recovery or gaining the knowledge and wisdom of healing, and self-development, what would you say to this younger you to make them feel safe? And if any emotions come up, let them come up. That's a sign of healing. And I want you to send the current you who's hugging the older you. And I want you to send the older you who's being comforted now by the older you healing light. Fill them up with your healing color. For me, it's a golden yellow, sometimes a white light, sometimes a blue light, whatever color makes you feel safe. Heal up the screen, fill the screen up with your healing color and connect with this feeling, this safety that is now being projected in your mind's eye. And also the feelings that you feel, the feelings of safety that are now running through your body, imagining this situation. Imagine your healing color filling up the screen five times stronger than it once was, so blinding, so safe and illuminating, filling up the screen, filling up your bodies in the screen. And when you feel ready, I want you to come back into the present moment and open up your eyes. And that's one of many great techniques of revisiting trauma and attaching safety to the experience rather than fear. Because remember, the amygdala makes associations between the situation and threat, danger. Now that we're going back in there, it's hard to revisit something. It's difficult, but it makes you braver. You're now making new associations between the situation and safety. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for your comments and support. If you want to download 
a releasing trauma exercise that I find to be extremely powerful, a longer traumatic exercise that's different from this one. That's in the Anxiety Project program. You can download the program at unpluganxiety.com. I have a discount now of 15% off. If you go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast, and you let me know, you send me a message on unpluganxiety.com or in Messenger, wherever, and you let me know that you left a comment and you rated and reviewed the podcast, I'll give you the coupon code for 15% off the program, and you can get another releasing trauma exercise in the program as well as many other things. And lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast or video. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.